Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pod 2112, the official podcast of the 2112 Group, where we talk with business executives and thought leaders about the technology, issues, and the indirect routes to market trends impacting the world around us. I'm your host, Larry Walsh. Um, you know, I we keep hearing about the Internet of Things, and if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard us talk about it and do a few interviews with, uh, with different executives and companies that are working on inter- Internet of Things. Since I heard the term, it was always a little dubious. Uh, if you think back a few years uh, before when Cisco announced uh, they discovered the Internet of Everything and they, they pegged it at a $19 trillion opportunity, it, that just seemed a bit surreal. But the concept always sort of made sense is that we will ultimately digitize the world. We will have sensors and controllers doing things on our behalf at at invariably at any endpoint that we can conceive of. And uh, if you look at IDC's numbers this year, they they look and say that uh, the IoT market opportunity this year alone is $745 billion. Now, a lot of people like to point to the future and talk about the hundreds of billions of devices, that IP-enabled devices that will be out in the wild over the next five to 10 years. They like to talk about those big 10 and 12-digit numbers and it's a two or three or five trillion dollar opportunity. But today, here in the, the here and now, IoT is a $745 billion opportunity. The thing that surprises me consistently is how the channel is reacting to this opportunity. It's more of idle curiosity than it is action. And you see a lot of companies that are finding some real success. Some companies are wading into it. And some some companies and some partner organizations are, are just looking at it from the periphery. And it's almost as if we're trying to, we, we have to conjole them to convince them that this is something that's real, even though we can see clearly that it is real here and now. Um, and one of the things that's missing from the entire IoT equation even amongst those those resellers and integrators that are into it, is the entire services aspect. It's not just about the sale and the installation of devices. There are real managed service opportunities. And that's why I've uh, invited our old friend, Amy Luby, to join us today. Amy is the vice president of channels at uh, Sensorium. And uh, it's a subsidiary of Carnegie Technologies, and it is an entire business built around the premise of managed services for IoT. So, Amy, I'd like to thank you for joining us here on Pod 2112. Hey, thanks, Larry. I am so glad to be here. I appreciate it. So I, I feel like I didn't do that justice. Tell me or tell us about Sensorium. What is it and what is it that you do there? So Sensorium uh, is an IoT I like to refer to us as a systems integrator. Um, We have been around for about 10 years uh, within the Carnegie um, portfolio. We actually uh, create and develop our own IoT hardware and software. So that means sensors and the software that that manages them. but today, there's there's literally thousands of vendors and manufacturers out there. And what we found in developing our own technologies is exactly what you were talking about in the intro, which is the channel knows that there's an opportunity here, um, but they're not quite sure what to do with it and where to go with it. So education is a huge piece of it, um, but then also understanding how to build that into their own models, which 
um, the traditional MSP as a recurring revenue model. And, and so how do we incorporate that into that model and, and support it long term? So that's, that's what Sensorium is and does. Uh, we're a partner to the channel. Um, we have been studying and developing within the IoT space for about 10 years. Um, we understand the manufacturers that are out there, what sensors are out there, what software. Um, there's multiple protocols, um, no standard yet. And um, so bringing some clarity or, or maybe a, a path to a solution um, that would take the reseller quite a long time to figure out, um, that, that's what we're helping them do. Well, let's, let's dive into that a bit because, uh, as I was saying, there's, there's an immense opportunity out there for, for channel partners, whether they're resellers or integrators or what we call uh, solution providers. If you look at that IDC number, I said it, that's $745 billion. A third of it, it was $245 billion of that is going towards the integration of IoT systems with legacy systems, with you know the, the plain old IP networks and the applications that they're riding on and the, the management platforms. Why do we need to think about managed services on top of even what is now a considerable market opportunity just for that that product integration work? Um, Well, so if you look at product integration, you can look at it in a couple of different ways. Um, We have have billions of sensors that are out there now already. Um, I think IDC says 64 billion here over the next couple of years. Um, those sensors are creating a tremendous amount of data. Um, and that data um, is not structured like what we're used to, um, you know, a common, like a CSV file or what have you. So integrating just that bit alone and understanding how to bring this unstructured data into a, a structured data set and then making sense of it so that's that's just one opportunity, and it's massive. Um, I don't know. The last number I saw from IDC said that um, forty exabytes of data uh, is being created by twenty twenty. That's that's basically now. It's just right around the corner, um, and that's just going to continue to grow. So that complexity um, is created by the massive amounts of data and the unstructured um, data that it's creating. And then if you look at just the sensors and the software that's out there. Um, We have software platforms that will manage most any kind of sensor, um, but those sensors all use different types of protocols. um, And and knowing which sensor works with which platform under which protocol to use for the particular use case, um, all of this lends to a tremendous amount of complexity. And therein lies the opportunity for the MSP or the solution provider um, or whoever is providing that service um, is to bring some clarity to understand which device to bring into which use case and which platform to use to manage it and which protocol to use um, in order to solve that problem in the best way. Um, that that's that's where the opportunity is. Uh, for mm. the panel. Well, what does that look like though? Is it, are we at a stage of much like we were? back 15, 10, 15 years ago when we were talking about building out managed services practices for for standard networks and endpoints where it was all about just taking off administrative load. Is that essentially where we are today? 
Um, I, I would I would predate it just a hair and say it's a lot like when wireless um, became a thing, if you will. Um, in the very beginning, there wasn't a standard wireless protocol. There were manufacturers out there making access points um, and and cards to go into our laptops and our and our PCs, um, but a lot of it didn't work as advertised. Um, we had to put a lot of R&D, we, MSPs, had to put a lot, lot of R&D into figuring out which manufacturer's product actually worked as advertised and which protocol to use um, before we could even uh, create a solution that we could, could pull recurring revenue from. Um, so I, I kind of see IoT as there. Um, we, we have to be able to make some sense out of the complexity first. And that's, um, that costs a lot of money and it takes a lot of time. So that's kind of where I see us. Um, and then, and then being able to actually par that parlay that into a service offering, um, when these sensors don't use, you know, they're not on the IP network. Um, you know, uh, half of the partners that I talk to today tell me, well, I've got a customer who's got a sensor on the network and I didn't even know it was there until they called me about it. Um, so, so our tools aren't even seeing them at this point. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, I think we're, I would predate the MSP, uh, Genesis. Yeah. Well, I, I, and it, it, it struck me as you were saying that I, I neglected to, to mention during the opening as part of your qualification for this is that you're not just another channel chief. You were an MSP. Uh, and not only were you an MSP, but you actually had a network of of MSPs in the market that you were helping to enable for those services that you were just describing. Exactly. You know, and the and the way that we solved that back then, which is is so similar to what we're doing with Sensorium today, is you know I, I had the going MSP business, um, and we had to, in a lot of cases, roll our own solution. Um, the, the vendor products and software was out there, um, but even the vendors and manufacturers at the time weren't into recurring revenue, if you will. So you had to pay up front, you had volume commits, you had all these things um, that, that made it complex. And so we were running the MSP and we had figured out some of these things um, and then uh, basically became a vendor to the channel and said, hey, we, we at least have some solutions. Um, why don't you leverage us and what we've done and just you guys go out and sell and we'll deliver the service. Um, and that's a lot of what we're doing with Sensorium today. Do you find that the, the value proposition of IoT managed services is the is what we're describing here is the, the, the correct build of whatever system you're putting in place and then the, the administrative management of it? Is that the state of, is that the value proposition today or is that a transient value? If it is a value proposition, is it transient looking forward into something else in the future? Um, it's probably a little bit of both, uh, I would say. I mean, if you look globally, um, you know, the main driver for industries or for businesses to invest in IoT is cost savings. Um, they're looking to solve a problem of some sort. And, and we, can, we can look at it simply like in the area of, uh, say, food and beverage, uh, where vendors or, or restaurants or hospital facilities, anybody who's, who's got to keep something at a certain temperature, 
um, you know, to be able to automate and prevent disasters. In other words, if you've got tens of thousands of dollars of inventory inside of a cooler and that cooler breaks and you have to wait until somebody actually walks into that cooler in order to notice it or maybe walks into a puddle of water or whatever, um, you could have lost thousands or tens of thousands worth of inventory in that one moment. Um, and sensors solve that problem. So you put a, a temperature sensor in there and, and temperature drops or goes above whatever it's supposed to be, you're alerted right away. This is exactly the same model that MSPs used in the very beginning and continue to use today with traditional network management. Something goes wrong, we know about it immediately and therefore can take immediate action so that you don't have any downtime. It's literally the same value prop from that perspective. Yeah. Just the other day, I was having a conversation with a, with a friend of mine, and he was telling me that uh, a friend of his owns a bar, and they're using IoT to monitor the temperature of their wash sinks behind the bar. And the reason for it, he was explaining, is that if the temperature isn't set right while they're washing the glasses, we all see them, they take those pint glasses, and they rinse them out, and they scrub them out, and they hang them to dry – Apparently, if that water is in the right temperature and the glass comes out hot and they go to pour in it, you have to pour more beer. And so they're they're measuring the the they're measuring the the volume exchanges, the temperature, the volume, the price. There's a lot of analytics go into that. But what you're that story plus what you were just saying about monitoring for refrigeration, it sounds to me though is that if this is the objective, this is the outcome that we're aiming for. Doesn't that mean that we have to change you know, that the MSPs have to change their mindset that they that they have to stop talking about being vertically oriented and being vertically knowledge, knowledgeable to be more than just saying I know bad things can happen to knowing specifics about what the bad and the good things that can happen through monitoring? Well, and and that therein lies the the um, challenge, right. For someone like sensorium and, and relates back to one of my first statements here is literally every solution provider MSP that you talk to today, more than likely has an IOT opportunity within their client base that they don't know about. And they don't know about it because they don't have the requisite depth of knowledge within that particular vertical space to know what the problem is that needs to be solved. Um, I was recently talking with a, a very successful MSP. It's got a large regional practice here in the Midwest. Um, you know, and I was, uh, this was early on when I was first starting to work with Carnegie and I, I kind of posed this whole idea of sensorium and, and the service network and, and what we were doing. I said, what do you think? And he's like, you know, that's great. And, and I knew this partner um, primarily focused in healthcare and manufacturing. So I knew that going in. And, and he said, you know, I could see some use case in my healthcare clients, but I don't think any of my manufacturing clients, I don't see where it applies. So, I mean, manufacturing is one of the major, major industries where IoT is, is transforming their businesses. Um, so there's all kinds of application there. So this education piece is huge right now um, in helping solution providers understand the verticals that they're already playing in. Um, whether they know it or not, and then understand how IoT applies. From a vendor perspective, is this different for you in terms of 
how do you approach the market? How do you think about your partner relationships? Is is there something that that makes IoT managed services something that requ- makes it that it requires a different type of channel engagement? I think for us as a vendor, it does. I think that there are. I don't know if more routes to market is the right term, but maybe less obvious routes to market uh, for us are available. I mean, we we can work with or do work with um, others that look like us. We work with ISVs um, who are solving some kind of problem, but maybe they they have a bit of technology that that they could use uh, that that we integrate with theirs. Um, so. So from an MSP perspective, it's probably not super, super different, um, but the the breadth of routes to market for us has certainly, I think, changed. And that's just my personal experience over the last, what, 20 years or so. What, is it, what does it take to, to get the partners interested? If, if, I'm an, if I'm a MSP that's already doing network managed services, or I'm doing, uh, I don't know, 365 migrations or whatever the case may be, or say I'm an integrator and I'm selling and integrating systems, but I'm not doing IOT or even doing IOT systems. What does it take to, to convince them that this is an opportunity or actually even step back and say, do you have to convince them? I haven't run into a partner that has said, ah, no, there's no opportunity in IoT. It, it doesn't, you know, I haven't run into that. It's not like cloud where we had people saying, oh, cloud will never be real. And then it became real. Um, so I haven't run into that. Um, but again, what I do run into, well, I will tell you, systems integrators are probably the easiest ones to work with um, simply because they seem to have a depth of knowledge because Traditionally, the systems integrator is focused in, you know, one or two or just a certain number of verticals. So they go real deep into that vertical. Um, so they understand that motion. So, so that's probably the easiest, if you will, uh, relationship to start building. Uh, the MSPs and solution providers, they get it. They, they understand there's an opportunity, but again, it's it's really an education exercise in, okay, what are the verticals and what are the challenges within those verticals and what are the specific use cases where an IoT sensor can solve a problem within that vertical? And so that that's not hard. It just, it, it takes a little bit longer time to, to start to build that relationship there. Um, one of the ways that we have, um, are seeing good success in um, accelerating that part of the process is um, going through, I mean, this is going through the partner's uh, current client base as far as what kind of verticals they're in um, and then helping them understand what the solutions are within that vertical and then picking a client and going out and doing what we call a proof of concept. Um you know, literally put together a small, you know, limited solution and have them put it out there. Those are like winning deals left and right in doing it that way. Um, The partner's learning while we're doing the POC and the end user is experiencing the value. And so far we have not had a POC go full term. They they go to close and invoicing um, sooner rather than later, because the value is instant. You you see it and you feel it instantly once you put a solution in place. 
You mentioned the recurring revenue model, which all managed services are based on. And it took a long time for, I would say it would take, it took the, the market a long time to fully embrace it. You know, you and I talked about this more years than I care to admit to at this point. Um, but I had a different color hair back then. And if you look around today, vendors are particularly the legacy hardware vendors are now just starting to think about how to build recurring revenue models. Is the economics different around IoT managed services? Are we still talking about the same building that compound revenue stream that is dependent upon getting more partners in, expanding uh, more customers in, expanding consumption, retaining customers, and making sure that there is that persistent revenue stream. Is it basically the same, or is there anything different that we need to be thinking about? Um, So far, I mean, it seems basically the same. The way we run our side of the business where we create our own software and sensors, um, that's all recurring revenue. Uh, We don't care to be in, you know, making huge margins off the hardware. We just roll it into the recurring revenue if that's what the partner needs. Um, on the other side, if we're sourcing from other manufacturers and vendors, it's it seems to be traditional old school, you know, buy the gear up front, um, you know, and the software, the service is, is under a subscription or recurring revenue. Um, it hasn't been a challenge, if you will, to, you know, it hasn't shortened or not shortened, stymied um, the sales process. I, I think most partners are just pretty used to the status quo with any of that. Now, I mentioned that you know we've already we're already seeing tens and hundreds of billions of dollars going into IoT. Do you have any sense of how big the, the market opportunity is today for the IoT managed services? You know, I it depends on which pundit you talk to, but I've seen it anywhere between four and eleven trillion. Here over the next five years, um, I mean that's a those are huge numbers. Um, we look at uh, fintech, uh, banking, and financial services is is just two billion of that alone. Um, so you, you know they're it's hard to tell where it's going to end or land, but uh, certainly a massive opportunity. And then if you inject um, some of the mandates uh, that are taking place. Uh, worldwide and and targeting specific countries, you know, healthy cities, healthy spaces, um, smart cities, smart smart spaces. There are initiatives all over the world um, where funding is being funneled into solving problems uh, through the use of IoT. So uh, right now is just a tremendous time to be getting into this business if you're a, a channel partner. Yeah. So, what do you think? What What do you think it's the market's going? The IoT market's going to look like for managed services in five years? I mean, it sounds like an eternity when I say five years now, but it's it really does. It's really right around the corner. It is around the corner, and I think I think uh, the channel is, you know, like I said, the channel knows there's an opportunity, and um, partners are gearing up. They're looking. Uh, for solutions, they understand that they need to find some um, way to take advantage of the the market opportunity today. So, I mean, to me, it's all great signs um, of of movement forward. Uh, it's just that we all have to learn, um, you know, where it all applies and how it can fit into their business. I, from my perspective, again, 
every MSP has got an IoT opportunity within their existing client base. And if, if all the MSPs are as frustrated as a lot of them sound like they are with being able to deliver value beyond the traditional managed network service, this is a perfect opportunity to go back to that CEO, go back to the, your client's boardroom and say, you know, I have more value to deliver and here's what it looks like. Uh, it's a great time to do that. That's fantastic. Well, you know what? I, I think we're going to see somewhat the same curve as we saw before is that focus on the, the product and the build today, dabble in those managed and support services and ultimately probably transition to a managed service centric IOT market, given that the, the market can the, the the persistent uh, conditions or shortages of talent, the the need to scale, the need to move faster. It, it just seems like services is you know managed services for IoT is going to be the ultimate destination. Oh, I think it absolutely will be. I, I mean, I think you know continue to look at the data. Um, I think IDC told us eighty percent of the senior executive across all industries worldwide um, believe that IoT is critical to their lines of business. I mean that. That, that's an incredible statement just right there. Um, and the fact that they can't find the IoT talent, the headcount, in order to implement something they find so critical to their lines of business, that's where, that's where we step in. The channel can, can solve that and fill that, that void. Fantastic. Amy, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you sharing your, sharing your time with us. Awesome. I love being here, Larry. It's so fun to get back in touch with you and well, folks, that's all the time we have for this edition of Pod 2112. I want to thank our guests our, and our old friend, Amy Luby, the Vice President of Channels at Sensorium, uh, an IoT managed services company. And I want to thank all of you for joining us here on Pod 2112, a production of the 2112 Group. 2112 is a leading provider of research, strategy, development, and enablement services for B2B technologies and manufacturing companies around the world. For more information about how 2112 can help your business, visit us at our website, the2112group.com. Also, check out Channelnomics, 2112's news and analyst site that provides the best insights into business practices and market trends. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to Pod2112. You don't want to miss a single conversation like the one we just had here with Amy Luby and other thought leaders shaping the world around us. You can subscribe to Pod2112 on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts today. Thanks again for listening to Pod2112. Until next time, I'm Larry Walsh.